0: It is, but I've been missing this casual format. Kind of off-the-cuff thing where I'm not prepared and I just have topics. I'm wondering how this is going to sound. Because I'm using Descript, which is a editing-slash-recording app that I've used off and on. And the reason I'm using it tonight is because they just released the beta on this thing called Studio Sound. And I have to admit, after I heard this, it's literally a one button click where it cleans up the sound of the noise. Like for example, I have a fan in the background right now and I'm pretty sure you're not going to hear the fan because I've tested out this studio sound thing and it makes my audio sound better than the $300 plugin that I use in Logic normally. Part of that's probably because I'm not an expert with that plugin, but, uh, Yeah, if I can just record audio and click one button and get clean sound, I'm in. But the reason I'm a little bit worried is because when I tested it, uh, essentially, I guess they do the processing on the back end, and they do things like uh, de-essing and the noise gates and things like that. Well, my particular voice, especially when I have S's and Sometimes I get down into this raspier range. Doesn't do too well with the auto settings on their noise gate, and their de So in the test, I did it cut off some of my words. I'm not going to record this twice. So if I get through this and I realize it's cut some of my words, you're going to get audio with some of my words cut. And I know next time just not to use it again until they change it or something like that. So that's, that's the only reason I'm talking about it right now. So that if you hear any strange things where like I'm saying a word and like S at the end of my word, just isn't there. That's why, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that if I keep my voice higher than a whisper, I won't have to worry about it. Let's go back for a second. Let's go back to what I said about missing the non scripted format. Ah, scripted format. I said scripted. See, I don't like that. The, what I do with the episodes normally is I sit and I stew on them. I stew on the ideas. I pull things together. I arrange them and I come in prepared. And then I have, I have something written, but I tend to go off script a lot of the time. So it's just something that keeps me centered. So that I don't ramble too much, which is one of the reasons that when I used to do these type of episodes, I would stop doing them is because I would get frustrated with myself because I would hear myself and I would hear myself going off on tangents, like, like talking about the script for like a minute and a half. And then I would go, okay, I quit. I can't do that anymore. But what I'm trying to teach myself right now is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I can do both. In reality, the episodes, the quote-unquote normal episodes, they could probably be served better by giving them more time. Instead of worrying about getting one out every week, maybe every two weeks. Sometimes if it's a good one, you know, letting it go a month until I have something solid. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But then not having anything to put into the feed was always this problem because I had this like, Binary switch in my head on or off. And it doesn't have to be that way. I can work in stuff like this as well. I mean, ideally right now, because I'm excited by the idea of doing this because I haven't done it in a while, except on Patreon. I, uh, in my head, I think I could do this every week, but I know what happened when I did this every week and that didn't work out either. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, If you ever read the description of the show, especially the most recent version of the description of the show, it ends with, or whatever the hell I want. And for the first time, in a long time, I'm actually taking that to heart because I had the call format with Lamb. That was fun. Not going to be a regular thing, or it could be, who knows? I just want to, when I have an idea, I just want to do it. I don't want to worry about, does this fit with everything else? That has stomped out so much enthusiasm in the years that I've been podcasting. has just made me miserable. I love the direction that the show is in right now. I like putting together the episodes. I also miss doing this. So I'm going to do both. On what schedule? I don't know. We'll figure it out. When I feel like it. <laughs> uh, one of the things I talked about with Patreon, patrons, patrons That might be better than patrons. Patreons. I always, I've always found it kind of annoying to figure out how to word this. When I was talking, my patrons over on Patreon, it just sounds so redundant. So maybe patrons is the answer. My supporters. Over on Patreon, one of the things I talked about over there was I had this idea a couple weeks ago to do, like, shorter episodes, which I may still do, just kind of throwing in shorter episodes on smaller things, and I tried to do one. I just really talked about this on Patreon, so I don't want to go over stuff that I shared with the patrons too much. But, uh, essentially I tried and it didn't work because I ended up writing 80% of a full episode off of something that I thought would only take five minutes. But what I, what I realized today when I like had this hungry to do this format, this casual format, I had all these little pieces of things lingering around that were never going to make it into another episode because they weren't, I'm fidgeting with something, sorry. You probably heard that the, it's just the nature of some of this stuff is, I don't want to say it's petty. It's just more inane stuff. And I like talking about, and I think about and stuff like that, but would never blossom into a fuller episode. So I have a bunch of those little things that I want to talk about. So that's, that's kind of where, where we're going tonight or flying by the seat of my pants here, see if I remember how to do this. My whole goal here is to try to make it to the end without flubbing enough to have to edit. (laughs) Another thing I should warn you, if you're new to these casual formats with me, sometimes I pause to drink from a
1: beverage. And I don't want to go back and
0: cut that out. Honestly, editing takes all of the fun out of the process. That's one of the reasons I'm stoked to try this in the script. I could take another step of that post-production stuff out of my way. I want to get things as fast as I can into the microphone and into the feed. I don't want to, you know, like I hate the process that I have to go through sometimes. I record an episode. This is me whining. <laughs> uh, I record an episode. The thing it's It just, it's frustrating. I record an episode and you think like, okay, record the audio, boom, push it out. You know, like an Instagram post. You start to think like that, like have a picture put online. But it's not like that. I have to take it into one app and then EQ the voice and then output the voice as an MP3. This is my format. I don't have to do it this way. But then I have to bring it back into the app and put it into the track that has the template with all the music. And then work that, and so somewhere in there, I also did you know some sort of editing. Got rid of all my ums and stuff like that. Then I export that track, and then I have to put it into this other track to make sure it's exactly sixteen left. so that one episode is not really loud and the next one's not really quiet. Then I have to put it into another app that turns it back into an MP3. It puts the. It's a process. I do it. Because I love this doing this stuff, but it's not, not my favorite part of the process. So as much as that I, as I can cut out the happier that I am. I think I told patrons the other day that I might just start recording stuff on my phone for them and uploading it directly to Patreon straight from my phone. <sighs> that's, that's the dream, right? I don't know. Maybe some people love this other stuff. So let's let's talk about some of the things on my list here. A little more tea first. I, is the word discovered? Do I want to say discovered? I didn't discover. I was, you hear me clicking in the background. This is me marking off everything on my list so far. I've been listening to this album by a band called Sweeping Possibilities. And the album is called Hunger for a Way Out. I, oh yeah, I remember now. <laughs> so I listened to a podcast by the name of Profiles and Eccentricities. And it's just about, the episodes are about uh, eccentric personalities. Like uh, Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet. Or um, Gigi Allen, the crazy punk rocker. Who used to, what was the... I think the original person to break glass and await the breaking, broken glass across their skin. Um, uh, Mike Tyson, I think has an episode. It just, it's, it's a cool show. I'm not really trying to advertise the show necessarily, even though if that sounds cool, you should check it out because I enjoyed. it. I just discovered it recently. But one of the things they dropped into their Patreon feed, because I'm a, I'm a patron of that show was an episode where john one of the guys on the show was on somebody else's podcast and that podcast is called seven inches to freedom and it's essentially from what i got i only listened listen to the one episode with john and his wife on it i think his wife or his girlfriend uh, the host has a guest or has guests and they... It's like a radio show. Like, they play songs and they talk about the music. It tends more towards uh, punk rock and hardcore. But... Uh, cool show. I only listened to that one episode. I would definitely check out another episode. But one of the... They mentioned a ton of stuff on there that I hadn't heard. So I wrote down that list. Like, oh, check, that, check out the whole album by this band. Check out the whole album by this band. And one of them was Sweeping Possibilities. So that's how I... Stumbled upon them. That's a good way to say it. I didn't discover them. I stumbled upon them. So I've been listening to that this week. It's really cool. It's uh, it's two people. Um, kind of like the Black Keys. I don't sound like Black Keys, but it is a guy on the drums. And then a girl who is the vocalist and the bass player. I'm not sure who does the guitar. Maybe the singer does the guitar as well, but all the pictures are for holding the bass and it's only two of them. So I assume they play to a backing track when they play live. I think the album is from last year, which is just baller to drop an episode. I mean, to drop your, I believe their first album during the pandemic when the possibility of playing live shows was nowhere in the future. So I think it's a really important time to be supporting bands, especially smaller bands, because of um, things like that. You know, some bands live off of touring and not even just small bands. A lot of big bands, <laughs> because of streaming, they make most of their money from touring now. It used to be like the reverse from what I, from what I understood. And uh, actually, there may be an episode in the feed currently, if you scroll back far enough, one of the Creative Minds episodes I did with Mark Engels, who is the guitar player from Dredge. And I think in that episode, we talked about how that kind of reversed. Because Eric Victorino, a singer for Limousines and Strata, used to always joke that uh, a band was uh, traveling t-shirt sales. And That's kind of the way it was before. Like the tour was a way to sell CDs and sell merch. From what I understand, from what Mark said in that too, I was never in a touring band. But now it's the reverse. Now the tour is where the money is made and probably still off of t-shirts and stuff like that too. It's probably why sometimes the the merch is so expensive because trying to feed themselves so we should be supporting bands right now i think don't you if you don't think so then you don't love music that's what i think that's another thing about these casual episodes i'm more apt to say things that are going to get me in trouble because i'm it's not scripted it's not prepared i'm talking out of my ass but i do believe that i do believe that bands should be supported always but in particular now. And, uh you know, I mentioned I am a patron of uh, Exxon profiles and eccentricity, I forgot the name. I did that recently. After, you know, after the, the pandemic kind of uh, stopped pummeling the industry that I work in to make money. And I was able to pay my bills and have some money left over and I wasn't in the red like I was for like nine months uh but first one of the first things I did is I went on to Patreon and in one hand or on uh in one hand I had my mouse and I was looking at Patreon on the computer and in my left hand I had my podcast app open on my phone and I just looked up every single podcast that I listened to to see if they had a Patreon and if they did I supported them. Because if I'm listening to episodes from them every week, I felt like that's the, the least I could do. So I support like I think like I don't know, I want to say like ten or twelve uh different podcasts. And uh I don't know, I love the Patreon model. I really do. I just like the idea of like, well, you don't have to pay for it. If you can't afford it, you don't have to pay for it. But if you do, it'll be a lot cool. what, what's the What's the line from uh, Dazed and Confused? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> uh, another thing. That's uh, one other thing on music before I do uh, another terrible Matthew McConaughey impression. I want to talk a little bit about Third Eye Blind. <laughs> so, I am 43 years old. I think I mention that almost every time and I talk on the podcast, I, I mention my age to uh, so that I don't have to remember the years that I say things necessarily. So I can say, I'm 43, and when I was in my 20s, and then you can do the math and subtract 20 years from now to get to the 20s and go, okay, that's what he's talking about. That's really the reason I do it but I remember when third eye blind first came out, they had that semi charmed kind of light song and me and most people, um, ended up with that album somehow. I don't remember specifically buying it. And I remember listening to it and being okay with it. It was, I was like more of more of a punk rocker and more heavy metal, black metal and all the, you know, like I was, I was a tough guy. And, uh, Rockabilly, Psycho Billy, all that kind of shit. And I was at, I think at the point that that album came out, I was kind of dipping my toes into popular music. And I guess maybe because they played guitars, <laughs> I thought it was acceptable. So I had that album kicking around for a while. And I think like a couple years after I bought it, I started listening to it a little more and going, oh, you know what, I kind of like this. It's not my favorite, but I kind of like it. And then in this one, I actually do remember the year for, because how could I not remember? It was 2000 because that was right after Y2K. And I had just moved to Chico, California. I moved to Chico, California, oh, crazy on the New Year's Eve, 1999 to 2000. So between millenniums. I I moved to Chico, California, and that was, um, Y2K as well. And that's why I remember the year, it was 2000, I was up there, I don't remember if I bought their second album up there, or if I bought it before I went up there, but because it was kind of cool with the first album, second album came out and I used to go through the, what I used to do with CDs, I always used to go to Rasputin or Tower Records. These are record stores in, in the Bay Area, in California. I don't know if they're actually anywhere else other than there. But I would go to the record stores and uh, they would have, they probably still do, bins and bins and bins of used CDs. This is probably how I bought the first album too, to be honest. And I would just go through. And it was just kind of a waiting process, you know, like something looked, you know, you're always looking for the thing that you really, you know, like, oh, that's a band I love and hoping you can get it for like five bucks. And that happened frequently, but a lot of times what you'd be doing maybe is, uh, for me, I would go in with like a set spending limit. I go in and I'd say, you know, like I've got, uh, $30 I can spend today. So maybe I found like two of those albums that, yes, awesome. Can't believe I'm, I'm getting this for five bucks. But then I, well, what else can I get? while well, I'm here. You know, I got that much I could spend if I want. So i start going through and, okay, well, I recognize that band. I've always wondered what they sound like. Maybe that's worth $1.99. Or sometimes, this is a funny story. Uh, well, it's not really a story, but I bought a, an album by Angry Johnny and the Killbillies. And I think the album's called What's So Funny. I'd never heard of Angry Johnny. Had no idea what the music sounded like at all. But I bought it because it had a cartoon of John Wayne Gacy as a clown on the front. And I'm not like a serial killer fan person or whatever. But one of my favorite bands of all time this is a a metal band, was Acid Bath. And their first album was a painting by John Wayne Gacy of Pogo the Clown, which is a name that he gave his clown persona. If you don't know who John Wayne Gacy was, he was someone who killed a lot of people, a lot of boys. And, uh... Anyways. Obviously, they were doing it for shock value, but because of that... I don't know. I saw this album and it just made this like the instant connection of like, whoa, you know, like there's, there's Pogo. I gotta buy this. It's like two bucks. And Angry Johnny and the Killbillies are awesome. They're like this like uh, country rock sound, but like super, I don't know. They're hard to describe. They're super cool. I don't even know if they're still around. I mean, we're talking like 20 something years ago. anyways, I took that album home, not having any idea what it was going to sound like. And it was cool. So I had a lot of fun going through bargain bins. And the third type of thing I'd find in bargain bins are albums by bands that are, you know, they're okay. They have a new album out. Sure, why not? Three bucks. So that's probably how I bought Blue, the second album by Third Eye Blind. And when I was in Chico, I spent a lot of time hanging out at my house on the porch we had a sweet porch and my room was literally on the porch well not on the porch (laughs) was inside the house but if you went in the front door and you made a right you headed like you walked into our living room and then the next door to the right from the living room was my room and i also had a door that went straight to the porch so I spent a lot of time, like, with my door open and music playing in my room, hanging out on the porch, smoking cigarettes, uh, talking shit, drinking beer, you know, college stuff. And uh, even though I wasn't in college, I, I was supposed to be, but I wasn't. I was just working. But uh, that album was one of the albums I had with me that was in heavy rotation at that time. And I really got into that album. Um, not like, you know, like worrying about what the songs were about or anything like that. It just, it was something I played a lot. And it, it was a comfortable album for me. But then I just, I never listened to anything they did after that. And I I never heard about them very much. Third, Eye blind. Just in case I rambled enough and you forgot who the hell we're talking about. I... So I assumed that maybe they broke up <laughs> and until, I don't know, it was probably a couple of years ago, I heard their name mentioned and that they were on tour and they were having like a really successful tour. To me, I thought it was a reunion tour. And just a few days ago, I I don't know how this happened. I must've clicked on something in Spotify. I noticed that they never broke up and they had been making albums all the way through. And I'd never heard anything except for their first two albums. So what I've been doing this week is going and listening to some of their other albums, see what they sound like. I don't have the names of them in front of me and I don't want to open Spotify right now because there'd be too much clicking. But uh, the album after Blue which is like green and it's got like somebody playing a guitar on the front. That's not in the band. Um, I listen to that album. I listen to the next one with the bear on it, which I think is called Ursa major and nothing jaw dropping or anything like that, but just like consistent sound like, Oh, this sounds like third eye blind. So I've been kind of enjoying like going down that journey. Not necessarily that I'm going to, I'm not actually expecting to bond with any of these albums necessarily, but it's kind of neat to just like, huh, you guys have had a career and I didn't know that. Let's see what your career is like and just kind of go through that. I did that with Dylan, with Bob Dylan. Um, I ended up loving a ton of his albums, of course. And I also discovered in the process of going through al- Bob Dylan's many, many albums, that there are some really terrible Bob Dylan albums, truly terrible Bob Dylan albums. Uh, If you are interested in the albums that I'm listening to, there's you can follow me on Spotify if you want. I guess I should put it Put a link. Let me let me make a note to do that. Spotify link. Yes, Yes. because otherwise I won't remember. Or you can also follow the Instagram account. I have three Instagram accounts right now. I don't do a lot of the normal things people do with Instagram in all honesty I just use them to share things about (laughs) that's redundant I mean not redundant that's obvious no um let me let me put it this way specifically return to albums which is my music Instagram all I post is the album covers for the albums that I'm taking that's it and the whole purpose of it is not really to Whatever be successful at Instagram. It's so that if somebody wants to check out a list of albums, they could just find that account and go to it and be like, whoa, okay. You know, like right now, there's only like four or five albums, but in a couple months, there'll be more, there'll be a bunch in there. And then a couple months after that, there'll be a bunch more. I just think it's kind of neat. And I thought it would be a really cool way for me to be able to peruse back through. And uh, Rediscover Albums. I will just flip through my own Instagram feed. Uh, through my own profile in the grid view. And just kind of, oh, whoa, I forgot about that album. That'd be really cool to listen to right now. So you can follow Return to Albums on Instagram. Or you can check out my Spotify. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Spotify. By the way. Spotify. Sorry. I don't know what's going to happen with Instagram. You guys heard this whole thing? The, I guess the new, I don't know if his title is CEO, but whatever, the new head of Instagram. Uh, I guess he put out a video on Instagram saying, along the lines of, we are no longer a photo sharing app. And there's, I didn't watch the video. I just heard other people talking about it. But essentially, I know what's going on. Pretty obvious. Like he says it at one point in there, from what I understand, he says something along the lines of, like, If you want to grow on Instagram, Reels. Reels is how you're going to grow on Instagram. What they're doing is, and they're going to be changing the app completely in the next couple months, from what I heard, like a complete overhaul of the app, supposedly. And I have a pretty good guess what they're going to do. They're going to copy TikTok, because TikTok is kicking their ass. Because Instagram is boring. It really is. The reaction level on Instagram is so low and the discovery rate is so bad. And then the the content is just so in the box,
1: just so predictable. And
0: it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I know a lot of people are still using it the old way. Like for example, the apps, all the, um, the apps, all the accounts I'm talking about right now, I'm technically using the old way. So it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Oh, and proof that they're going to copy TikTok. I think, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, um, I was on my phone, my iPhone, iPhone, that's the Swedish way to say iPhone, iPhone. Um, I was on my iPhone and I was trying to add a widget and I was like scrolling through the widgets. And I noticed like I paused for a second, I'm like, "Wait a minute, did I just see an Instagram widget?" And there was I don't know if it's still there. my phone's across the room right now, but there was an Instagram widget, it was a a four by one grid Instagram widget, so one whole row of the phone, and it didn't work like and I think it said something along the lines of this widget is no longer supported or something like that so i think what happens is they accidentally in the last update of instagram they accidentally pushed out the widget before they should and then they realized it and on the back end they pulled the plug and the reason i think this has to do with tiktok is because one of the tiktok widgets which instagram's never had a widget tiktok has always had widgets one of the tiktok widgets is that exact same size and it shows you like Videos, you know, it shows you TikToks to tease you into the app, right? The top TikToks or whatever. So I'm pretty sure that's what they're what they're going to do is they're going to have a widget for you know top reels, the for you reels or whatever, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing develops. So and here's a question while we're talking about this: If Instagram leans heavily into reels and just kind of buries photos in the app. Where's everybody going to post their photos? I mean, are, are they hoping to drive people back to Facebook? Cause I don't think that's going to happen. I can tell you, I'm not looking to have an institute. I mean, a Facebook account again, I have, I think I'm like four, five, uh, four years. I think it's been four years. I went back briefly because of the podcast, I tried to do a Facebook group thing that failed miserably because nobody participated. So I, and it's probably not even their fault that they didn't participate because Facebook doesn't show your posts from your Facebook fan pages and your Facebook groups to the people who are in them. It's just terrible circumstances. So yeah, I don't know. Like think about that. That's a good question to ask, right? Maybe it's a good time for somebody to start Never thought I'd say that start another social media, but wouldn't it be nice if somebody just went back and created the original Instagram? None of the story shit, none of the reels, none of the IGTV, none of the store shit, none of it. Just photos again. Yeah, smaller audience. Yeah, because I'm sure the younger people are not interested in that anymore. But hey, there might be a market for an app to post photos for middle-aged people. Right? Those are the people that I see that I know that are still posting on Instagram the old way, just posting photos to their grid. So, well, it'll be interesting to see. But until that Instagram apocalypse comes, you can follow the return albums for the music. I, uh, I have a film one, which is it's not all the movies that I watch. Uh, I might put... The, oh, I guess I should explain the grid part first. The photo, the the post, the actual post that I do on film is flammable, and that's flammable with one M, not two, because two was taken. Um, film is flammable is the cinema. I call it cinema because the films that I'm posting are not... Hollywood blockbuster films. Oftentimes they're indie films or foreign films, weird films, just, or challenging films or just like amazing films that people aren't watching. I don't need to post to tell people to watch Avengers Endgame. Right? I think the, the MCU is doing fine getting people to watch their movies. So, that's kind of what that is. But I think I might start to post the more trivial films that I wouldn't put in the grid or the more obvious films, like I said, like Avengers Endgame or something like that, as stories. I might do that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check out Film is Bold. Like the, the last, it's not just foreign films and indie films. Like the last film last night, literally, I just put up adaptation i had i am my whole life well not my whole life but most of my life i've considered myself a writer and i had never seen adaptation before and people have been telling me for over a decade dude why have you not seen that movie oh thank you latte thank you for shaking shaking your collar while i'm recording appreciate that my dog wanted to be heard uh yeah so i watched adaptation Last night, I'm not going to go into some discussion about it because to be honest, adaptation is the type of thing that might um, make it into an episode in some way. and i don't I don't know. I'm still absorbing it. it's it's a I'll tell you this, one thing that I noticed
1: it's really hard to pull off um avant-garde or strange
0: films. And make them entertaining. It's one of the reasons that David Lynch has been so successful. There have been other filmmakers that have been as weird as David Lynch. But they didn't have as much success because something about David Lynch propels people to watch more of the movie. Whereas a lot of times, strange films repel people. Ooh, I can't deal with this. What the hell is going on? I'm so fucking confused. And I've I've seen movies like that, um, and the dog's apparently just going to keep shaking his collar. Oh, I forgot. I have a special plug-in. You might not even be able to hear that. I might just sound like a lunatic right now. But the thing that adaptation did really well that I really liked was. I think the reason that it works as well as it does, because it's, if you look at the structure of that film, it's really confusing, right? First, you know, like you're, you're with the Charlie Kaufman character, Nicolas Cage, you're with him. And then there's a flashback to Susan Orlean writing The Orchid Thief. And then within her flashback is a flashback to LaRoche in the swamp and then you know then i think the next scene is like nine years later so it's just moving and it's it's like nested all these stories are nested inside of each other not as extreme as uh, david mitchell's oh what is that book called they made a movie of it with tom hanks that was okay i can't remember but the whole book isn't, is essentially a nested doll. It's a story within a story within a story within a story within a story. And it's a great book. Damn, I wish I could remember what it's called. You know what? We're doing this casual, right? You guys can survive if I do an internet search live, right? I guess I could fake it and cut that out, but is it David Mitchell? I'm not even, yeah. Okay, there's two David Mitchells. One is a comedian, the other one is an author. Cloud Atlas. Would not have pulled that up from my brain. The Cloud Atlas book is Nested Dolls, which is really interesting. I don't know if if you read the book and watched the movie, but the book before it was optioned to be made into a film was notorious, and it was known as the book that could never be made into a film, and then they made it into a film. But in order to do it, they had to change the rules. They couldn't do a story within a story within a story within a story. So they made it. Instead, um, they used the same actors over and over again in each different story in different roles. And it, was, it kind of made it more like a story about reincarnation, in a way. Not a great movie, but not a bad movie. And considering how challenging that probably was, it deserved a lot of credit. My God, I've been talking 40 minutes already. Wow. I guess I have a lot to say. I still have more to say, too. Gotta help you. You can come back to this later if you want. (laughs) The third account I have is Books Till You Barf. That's with two L's until... um, This is the original... If you're, if you were already following when it was called the real channel, this is what I renamed the account because uh, all I'm sharing on that one is books. And I just post the book when I finish the book. And then I use stories to every day, give updates on uh, my reading status and what I've been reading for that day. Nothing exciting, but it's something I wanted to do. So that's why I'm doing those. Thank you, LaCroix, for making water. I just, I'm 25% of the way through a book. Actually, when I finish this, I'm probably going to sit down and read the rest of it. It's this book that's been kicking around in my head for years. People have recommended it to me. Actually, I wouldn't say they've recommended it to me. I just remember someone saying it was their favorite book. And I'd heard several other people talk over the years about, oh, it's such a wonderful book. It's, it's a book called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And I started it last night. And it's literally a book about a seagull. It's a book about a seagull who wants to be the fastest flyer. And he wants to keep getting better and better at flying, even though seagulls don't care about that. And obviously, it's all an allegory. But I have to admit, it's a page turn. It's not a very long book. That's why I say, like, I'm 25% of the way through. I can probably read the other 75% tonight. It's that easy to read and it's that short. I think it's like a hundred and something pages, 130 pages, maybe. So that one thing that I've been, been reading, I'm always reading like 10 books at one time, at least I like to jump around. I like variety. You know, do you watch the same exact TV show every night? No, I watch different shit. I just finished reading. I am legend. Speaking of movie adaptations. I have not seen the Will Smith movie. And after reading the book, I don't think I'll be watching the Will Smith movie. Not because the book sucked, because the book was awesome. The book is so good. But the moment I got about halfway through the book, and I really had a feel for what the book was about. This is also another really short book. You can rip through that one in like a day. But once I got a feel for what the movie, I mean, the book was about... I opened up my Apple TV and I was like, let's see if the movie is available because I like to do that. If I finish a book and I know there's a movie version, I like to watch the movie version right afterwards. Just fun, You know, like if you like a character, even if the movie sucks, sometimes it's just really cool to see the character being embodied. And I pulled up the movie and I looked at it and I'm like, nope, not going to watch it. Um not going to watch it, and it has nothing to do with Will Smith. I actually think Will Smith is a fantastic actor. He's a fantastic actor who, by the way, has been in some really good movies and some really awful movies. And I have a feeling that I Am Legend is going to be one of those awful movies. It's a hollywood Hollywoodized movie. The reason I, when I looked at the movie thing and I said, no, I'm not going to watch that, is because the picture is of the movie is Will Smith as Robert Neville and he has a rifle on his back and a dog and I don't want to ruin anything about the book but let me just say that uh first of all he would not be carrying a rifle ever because the rifle doesn't do shit against the vampires in the book so carrying around a rifle is stupid in the book second of all He doesn't have a dog. There's a dog at one point in the book, but he doesn't have a dog. He doesn't have a companion of a dog. And that's kind of the thing. Like in the you know, the trailer for the movie, they have him like washing the dog and doing all this stuff and hitting golf balls off of airplane wings on aircraft carriers. None of that shit's in the book. Most of the book takes place in his house. Because even though it's a book about vampires, it's basically a zombie movie right and he just lives in this house and i mean i know that they do this to some degree in in the movie but like he looks like he's like living in some new york apartment which wouldn't work because how would you protect yourself from the vampires in an apartment complex it doesn't make sense in the mythology of the book and then like i read a little bit about like oh he's a scientist like no that's like the coolest part about the book is he's not a scientist. He's like a nobody. But he's like the only living human being. So he has no choice to survive except to learn things. So he, to- he takes himself off to the library and like starts picking up books like, okay, let me read about blood. And he has so much trouble getting through them. And then finally he starts to understand it. Then he buys books about diseases and he's learning all of this stuff because he has to. Because it's survival. He doesn't have a choice. And that's what makes the book interesting. And the whole thing about the dog is he doesn't have a companion. And that's what makes the book interesting because he's alone. and It's so sad. Because he's alone. And he has to overcome that feeling of loneliness just to survive. So... That's why I hate when they Hollywoodize a movie. It's because they miss the heart of the actual story. And when I said Will Smith is a great actor who's been in some shitty movies, I have a feeling this is going to be one of them because it reminded me of another one of his shitty movies, which is iRobot. Which, I'll be honest, if they had named it anything else, iRobot would have been an okay movie. But iRobot is the name of an Isaac Asimov book. If you read iRobot and then you read and then you watch iRobot the movie, you're going to be very confused. Because they're not the same story at all. In fact, iRobot is a book of short stories and there is no main character. It's just all short stories. That movie... I found out why this happened. iRobot, essentially, they had a, they had the script for what became iRobot already written before they optioned Isaac Asimov's iRobot. And then they optioned it, and instead of adapting the actual book, they said, well, we have this other movie that's about robots. Can we just change a few things and then title it iRobot? And that's what they did. How shitty is that? Like, you imagine, like, being Isaac Osomoff, being like, what the fuck is this? And I don't know if Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend, is live, but I have a feeling that the movie probably made him feel similar. Like, this is not my book. I mean, there's things in the trailer that I saw. I'm like, that's not in the book. Like, all these, like, monster-looking things. and Like, oh. He's hunting like a wild animal, and like none of that. It doesn't even take place in New York. Like nothing
1: about it. So, yeah,
0: that's my rant about I am legend. That's what's going to happen in these type of episodes. Maybe that's what I miss. Maybe I miss just letting go, forgetting that I'm talking to a microphone and just ranting. Maybe that's what I've been missing. And while we're talking about entertainment and me ranting, I might have another rant. (laughs) So I just, I'd signed up for HBO Max. Finally, I've been resisting it and resisting it and resisting it. Because uh, to be honest, I'd already canceled HBO before HBO Max came out. And then I heard, oh, okay, HBO Max is coming out. And it's going to be $15 instead of $10. Because, oh, they're giving you all this extra stuff or whatever. Wow. I don't know, can we just say before we go any further, do you have streaming service exhaustion? There's just too many damn streaming services. Like you look something up, you're like, I want to watch this. Like, oh, that's on the thing I don't have. Fuck, do I want to sign up for that just to watch that? No. Too many of them. That's one of the reasons I was resisting. I'm like, you know, I just don't, I don't even watch enough on the ones that I already have. But I was in a, I was in a mood where I, w- I just wanted to, I was kind of you know, I've like been going through that, this was a period where I was going through just starting to get over some of the worst stuff, like the anxiety and uh, depression that came from the sleep deprivation. So I just wanted to feel good one day. And like, I couldn't get out of my head. The only thing that was going to like bring a smile to my face was watching that friend's reunion. So I said, fuck it, I'll sign up for one month. Of HBO, I'll watch the Friends reunion. Then it ended up a couple of days later watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, speaking of Will Smith. Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion, which was actually better than the other one. And you know now I have three more weeks or two more weeks of this month of HBO. I'm probably going to finish out watching Cold Case, which is like a cop show that I think is pretty fun. Because it's like a, they're trying to solve cold cases from different eras. So it's in a way, it's like a show about time travel without being about time travel. Because you have the modern day cops, and then, you know, as they're unroll, unraveling the case, you might just see a bunch of people in the 60s. And then the next episode's about the 80s and, and all these, because it's cold cases, they can kind only of like go back so far. So you get to see all these different sides of errors you know like a lot of times you go to 80s you might always see like disco the early part of disco and and roller skating stuff like that but then like what about the stockbroker side of the 80s and all that you get to see all those sides and i had been before i had an apple tv i had one of those roku's and i used to watch cold case when it was actually on tv and uh, which i think was in the 90s late 90s early 2000s maybe early two thousands and it was on roku roku has their own channel called the roku channel and they had stuff that's like on nobody else's thing so it was like oh my god here's the show that i used to really like and in fact if you know who kate mara is kate mara is how most people say her name and then i heard her say her name and found out it's kate mara uh her sister's Rooney Mara, who was in the David Fincher version of uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But uh, Kate Mara's actually, as a young girl, is in episode two of Cold Case. I just remember that because I think she's one of the more attractive human beings that has ever, ever lived. And she was also, unfortunately for her, invisible woman in a very bad not very bad, but a very mediocre Fantastic Four movie. But I've got through about half of Cold Case, and then like I didn't have the Roku anymore, so I could never finish the show out. And it's on HBO Max, so I'm probably going to finish watching that. Watch the most recent season of Doctor Who, which I haven't seen yet, and watch the movie, the new, newish Joker movie. because Joker is one of my favorite characters, and then. I'm probably not going to stick around. I'm probably going to ditch HBO. Because, number one, the app sucks. I'll be honest. It looks pretty, but it crashes all the time. I was watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the documentary series, the six, six or seven part documentary series on Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, about the Golden State Killer, and about Michelle McNamara and her death and all of that. Fantastic documentary series. But I think it was seven, seven episodes. And I watched it in six nights. Every night I watched it, the video crashed at least once. Like it would stop playing and then I'd hit play again and be like, something went wrong. We can't play this video right now. Like, oh, fuck, I'm in the middle of this like, intense episode what the hell is going on? So it just pissed me off. And then now I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching cold case and every once in a while, it just kicks my Bluetooth speaker off. I'm like, what? I have to like restart everything. It's just, Hey, HBO, it's $15 a month. Put some money into the goddamn app. Seriously. And then, you know, just going through the HBO catalog, you know, like we've, we talk about, Game of Thrones and all these shows, the Sopranos and all these shows that they've had. but I mean, going through it, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't really want to watch a lot of this stuff. I don't really care. Like Westworld bored me after like three episodes. I didn't get past one episode of Watchmen. This is what I had HBO for. I th- and I started to realize, I'm like, you know what? The only thing about getting rid of this HBO that I would regret is losing access to their documentaries. Because their documentaries kick ass. And I I started to wonder, I'm like, maybe that's the future of HBO, you know? Maybe HBO, because I think, like, all these other platforms are just smoking them. I think, like, Apple TV is doing a fantastic job diversifying things, but, like, we got some quality stuff. Disney is actually surprising me, surprising the hell out of me. These Marvel shows are just so well done. I like them more than the movies. Uh, and The Mandalorian as well. I like The Mandalorian more than most of the Star Wars movies. So, maybe HBO will be smart. Or maybe they'll spin it off. I'd
1: pay $4 a month for HBO documentaries, wouldn't you?
0: They won't do that. Uh, a couple other things. Well, While well, well, I have your ears, what time are we at right now? Let me see, how long have I been meandering? An hour, wow. Wow. You guys are going to get a whole long one. And a
1: couple of things that I've been um,
0: thinking about. When there's a period of time on the Instagram, which is now Books Till You Barf, where I was doing reels a couple times a week, where I was sharing the book hauls, all the books that I was buying. And someone, actually a couple of people asked me, how the hell are you buying so many books? Like, how are you spending so much money? There's, this is in all honesty, for a period there, I was buying about 20 to 30 books a week. <laughs> um, but here's the thing that most people don't know is, and I don't know why most people don't know this, but if you have Amazon, you have an Amazon account, you have Amazon Prime and you're someone who reads on the Kindle. You've got to look up the Kindle Daily Deals. There are every day, every single day, there are 20 to 40 books on sale and severe sale. I'm talking like fire sale from $1.99 to sometimes as much as $5, but usually it's $1.99 to $2.99. Almost all the books. So I'm buying all these books because they're two bucks. So here's this book that I've been wanting to read someday. I could wait and pay, you know, like $15 or $9 for it when I decide to read it. Or I could buy it today for two bucks and just have it. So that's what I was doing, you know, like, oh, sure, I'm buying 20, 20 books a week, but I'm only spending 40, $45 and saving a ton. So. That's one thing I was doing, but I've I've actually recently been saving even more money with Kindle Books because, um and before we go any further, if anybody's wondering like, why are you investing so much with Amazon? First of all, it's because of how cheap it is. Second of all, I want a digital library. And third of all, nobody's put money into eBooks the way that Amazon has. I thought I I really wanted iBooks to be a competitor with Kindle and Apple just literally like they updated that books app once ever. There was the first version and then they made the new version like last, I think iOS 14. They invested nothing in and their prices are more expensive than Kindle. They don't have the deals. Nook and Kobo just really don't compete. So, I mean, if you're gonna have ebooks, I guess you gotta go with Amazon, that's my opinion. And I still buy physical books when I buy them, I buy them from actual bookstores. Um, or I buy them from bookshop.org. Is it dot I think it's.org. Maybe it's bookshop.com. Better double check that. It is bookshop.org. Um, what's great about bookshop.org they don't have any ebooks, but physical books. Gonna pay a little bit more than you would pay for Amazon, just like you would pay a little bit more if you went into a local bookstore. But they give money to local bookstores and independent bookstores every time you buy a book. And on top of that, you can actually if you have a favorite bookstore, you can actually say every time I buy books, I want my profit portion or you know, whatever, the profit portion to go to this specific bookstore. So you can literally support your local, your local bookstore instead of just generic local bookstores. So if I'm going to buy a physical book online, I'll pay a little bit more and I'll buy it from bookshop.org. Um, and sometimes I have to do that, especially like with a lot of these esoteric weird books that I buy. A lot of them aren't available on Kindle um, because they're old
1: and they're just out of print.
0: But uh, starting where I, was, where I was starting, the other way that I'm saving money is I'm, I subscribed. Well, I didn't subscribe, but I, when I bought the new Kindle Oasis that I got, I got three months of Kindle Unlimited for free, which I had never signed up for because I'd looked at it and I was like, this is just like all the books I don't want to read. So it was like at the time when they first came out, it was full of just like uh, self-published books, romance Fantasy and the thrillers, pretty much, and it's still full of that kind of stuff. And actually, a lot of those things show up in the Kindle Daily Deals a lot. But those is because the people that write those kind of books are movers and shakers, and like they're worried about exposure more than maximizing their profits. They're probably the smarter ones. But uh, now that I had the Kindle Unlimited, I started um, looking at some of like the lists. I had for books, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy something. I was just literally going through the Kindle daily deals and about to buy a book. And then see, I'd see the Kindle Unlimited sign next to it. I'm like, oh, I don't have to buy that. I can read that one for free. So I've been saving a lot of money just reading books in Kindle Unlimited. Actually, I Am Legend is in Kindle Unlimited right now. I don't know how often books leave that. I also I am also, a subscriber to Script which is a competitor to Kindle Unlimited. I was a subscriber to Scribd. That's really hard to say. Before this whole Kindle Unlimited thing, I think I've been with Scribd for like a year and a half. And that's $10 a month as well. So I can read stuff over on Scribd too. One of the main reasons that I signed up for Scribd is for, uh, they do something that Kindle Unlimited doesn't do, which is audiobooks. So you can get unlimited eBooks every month And then there's a certain limit of audiobooks you can listen to every month. Just because of licensing and stuff like that, it's not really up to them. But the reason I keep that subscription around is my current thing with audiobooks right now is if I'm reading a book and after a couple days, I notice I'm kind of like, even though I'm interested in the book, I'm kind of like struggling to make progress in it. I'll bust out Scribd and see if there's an the audio version of that book, and then I'll read it along with the audiobook. And that usually gets me through some of the books that are a little more challenging for me. And another reason that I keep the script account, this is a super secret. I'm giving you like super secret money savers right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of Mubi, M-U-B-I, but Mubi is a... Remember when I was talking about film is flammable? my Instagram account and the type of films that I'm posting on there, challenging films, independent films, foreign films. That's what movie is. It's a service for those, but movie only has like a, they have a revolving catalog of all the time, but they're super heavily curated. This is human creation that's going on. And they bring in like, for example, you know, this month we're going to focus on a lot on, uh, indian films so they'll bring in like 15 different uh films from india and then you know maybe by the same director or something like that they also have other types of films as well that month but they curate things purposefully it's a really cool service so a lot of the movies that i watch that end up or will end up on film is flammable i watch through a movie and movie is a perk of a script membership. Those guys are in partnership in some way, they made a deal. So if you have a script membership, you get a free Mubi subscription. And there's no limitations to that subscription. And here's the best part. Script is $10 a month. Mubi, if you got just Mubi is $15 a month. So you get both for $10 or you can just get Mubi for 15. So even if I never used anything on script, I would keep it just to save $5 on movie. Super saver. Another thing I signed up for, more Amazon, unfortunately, is Comixology Unlimited. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep this. I really like the idea of reading more comic books. Um, And there's a ton in there. I just haven't been reading a lot, so I don't know. I'm kind of debating that one. Sometimes you like the idea of something, and you just don't fall through on it. Speaking of which, before we get out of here, a couple of health-related things. Um, I am on a low-carb diet right now. I've been eating a lot of lettuce-wrapped things. I just had a lettuce-wrapped sandwich from Eric's Deli. I had the roast beef sandwich today. I also had actually today. I had a of beef today. I had a a burger from In and Out Burger on the lettuce wrap it's messy but i actually i don't know i want to almost want to say i like it more it doesn't hit my gut like a bomb it like it does with with a pun um so far but yeah i just want to i want to lose a little bit of this weight you know like one of the unfortunate things about having long periods of sleep deprivation is It has effects beyond, like, anxiety and depression. It also messes with your blood sugar severely. Puts you into pre-diabetes, basically. And it uh, messes with your gut. So your whole flora... Is it flora? Yeah, just fauna as animals. The whole gut microbiome gets fucked up without the sleep. And on top of that, it also messes with your blood pressure. So, and your hormone levels, that's where I was actually going with It's your hormone level, one of which is cortisol. And one of the effects of too much cortisol is your body starts packing on lots of layers of fat. Um, like for me, like a lot of my torso, like my gut is from not even lack of exercise, which probably would have helped a little bit um, if I had maintained exercise more over the years. Uh, Better diet would have helped a little bit, but even without those, or even if I had um, been exercising and stuff, I would probably still... You know, you see these guys like these weightlifters and they have like the gut. I'm not saying for them it's coming from sleep, but that's like a hormonal imbalance. A lot of times they get it because of they've been... Fucking around with human growth hormone, and you get bubble gut. Um, like Joe Rogan's kind of starting to get it. So one of the things that I've been dealing with is the blood sugar thing and the weight thing. So the low carb is trying to really, I'm trying to really target the stomach fat, lose some of this visceral fat in here, and also at the same time to lower my blood sugar levels because I want to get out of that like, pre-diabetic state that I put myself in with this sleep problem so that's uh, that's kind of where that's going and sleep is improving I'm back on the CPAP Um, even though the numbers say technically I don't have sleep apnea I still found myself waking up choking and that sucks so I'd rather just sleep with the damn machine and I'm sleeping better I'm still like last night was probably the best night's sleep I've had in a while but I've learned a lot recently about sleep that I didn't know recently on mysterious universe, which is a kind of a paranormal podcast that I I like to listen to one of the many podcasts I like listening to one of the podcasts I support as well. They're not on Patreon, but I do support them through their independent thing. They did an episode last week, this week on, well, basically with the show, it's they they read books and then they kind of give the gist of the book to each other. There's two hosts and they talk about what they read about in the book and they discuss it. Um, that makes it sound really boring. It's not. It's actually pretty entertaining. And in the last episode, one of the hosts Ben, talked about Matthew Walker, his book, Why We Sleep. Matthew Walker is a neuroscientist who has studied sleep for over 20 years and learned a lot about sleep and a lot
1: about sleep debt and how just
0: getting one good night's sleep after having bad sleep is it's not going to do anything. Sometimes it takes weeks or months to recover from bad sleep, and that's just like a couple of days of bad sleep. So I don't know how long it's going to take to get like back to where my body is reacting normally as I start to get more and more normal sleep, but I feel like I'm finally on that road. And I guess if I ever feel like I'm having trouble falling asleep, I can just listen to this episode. (laughs) It's far longer than I thought it was going to be. My throat is starting to get sore. So this is, this is a small talk. I'm going to call these episodes. This is a small talk episode. Don't know how often I'm going to be doing them. As I said, let me know what you thought about it. Now that we have uh, commenting on the podcast website, you can go over there and uh, leave a comment. Or if you want to uh, hit me up on one of those three Instagram accounts I mentioned, you can do that as well. Or, 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 my two favorite options, leave me a voicemail on the website. Or use the contact form. The voicemail is my favorite. I like hearing your voices. And uh, I might want to include the audio in episodes. Um, Unfortunately, the audio is limited to two minutes. So if you have a really awesome story, you might just have to send me a really long email. Instead of uh, leaving it as a voice message. We could change that eventually, maybe. I don't know, I saw that there's this other service that offers longer times. But until people start leaving voice messages, I'm not gonna worry about it. And uh I guess the last thing I should say, since I plugged so many things in this episode, is Patreon, Patreon. If you agree with what I said earlier about supporting shows, then please support this one. Go over and become a Patreon. If you like this rambling small talk type format, I do something very similar on Patreon for the patrons. Um it's more behind the scenes stuff. If I'm talking about the process and things that what's going on, when I'm thinking about the podcast, stuff like that, that makes it on the Patreon. I don't really want to put that into the feed, but it feels like it belongs in the, in the Patreon. And then I'm trying to also, I don't know, um, just record little random things here and there. That's still in the experimental phase. We'll see how that develops. I hope um, we get to a point one day where we have an eager enough a group over there that you guys want to start talking to each other. And then maybe, maybe we can develop one of those Discord things. I don't know that I'd be in the Discord very often. Um, I can't even keep up with social media. But maybe if you guys want to develop a community amongst yourselves, that can become an option. So, patreon.com forward slash Chad Hall. And once again, I mentioned this in the last episode. Share this with other people because I'm not going to pay Facebook (laughs) or Instagram to advertise. I want people, I don't want this just in front of anyone. I want this to be handed off in a trusted manner. I liked this. I think you'll like this. That's, that's, I don't know. Word of mouth is the cool way to grow. Don't you think? I think. All right. I've been here long enough. Love you, babies. Oh, I sh- should I do the ending? Yeah, maybe I should do the ending. What should we say? Be kind. Always, it's always be kind. Um, be free to ramble, like I have done. Sometimes you just need to talk things out. Be free to ramble and rant. And uh, I love you, babies.